Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Euler and Moats are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Steeler Nation, how are we doing? You already know what it is. You tuned in to the Steelers Blitz. More importantly, this is Steeler Nation Radio, and the voice you're hearing is none other than Arthur Most. And I'm flanked by my partner in crime, Mr. Wesley Euler. Between the two of us, one of us has a decade-long NFL experience. The other, an immaculate head of hair. But either way, we're going to have a fun-filled show because you know we got to talk Steelers ball because there were playoffs this weekend. And looking at some of the AFC competition and how they fared, well, 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 my friend. Steeler Nation <laughs> was a buzzing. Steeler Nation was a buzzing. So with that being the word, how are we doing on your ending? How was your weekend, player? It was fantastic, Motsi. It's uh, good to uh, to see your face here via the power, the magic of the internets as we record these shows and have mm-hmm. some flexibility from home to do all this, but the weekend was nice. You know, it's this weird balance, and I, I think I've laid this out to you before, but like all week last week, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to the audience. I was, I, I had no problems with the fact that the Steelers weren't playing, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, we've been at this thing since July, you know, since August. I've had one weekend off since August, and that was the bye week. You know, I want to spend some time with the family. I want to hang at home. I'm, I'm all right that the Steelers ain't playing. But as I sat there on Saturday and Sunday and watched a lot of those games play out, I was like, you know what? Actually, maybe it wouldn't have been so bad if the Steelers would have found a way to get in. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe we would have been on to something here. Uh, But no, it was it was a nice weekend relaxing with the family. And I know you weren't just at home, but I uh, Uh I know Uh you had you had a nice weekend with the family as well, too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, it's funny man, when you just talk about the games in the sense of why you want to play in them, why you want to be, you know, 
one of those in the number. And we'll dive into that a little bit more in a second. But um, for me, man, my weekend was dope, man. Obviously, was up in attendance in the 716 for multiple reasons. Obviously, the Bills had their playoff game, and we know this is still Nation Radio. So <laughs> to tie it in, I was showing support for DeMar Hamlin. There you go. There it is. You, you were just doing advanced scouting. I mean, you know. You, you, no, no, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. Number one, it was for DeMar. And number three, I need to see Tremaine Edmonds in person again with his brothers. Good call. That's the other part. It was it was a group affair. We were all – it's kind of like when Golden State was trying to get KD and they took the full court press to the Hamptons and it was like Draymond. Then they had uh, uh, Ig- Iggy was out there, Andre Iguodala, and then Steph pulled up. We did that to Tremaine. It was like, all right, we got – Little Trey, we got Little Terrell, and then it was like okay, or, or Big Terrell, excuse me, Little Trey, and then from there it was like all right, Moats, full court press, let's do it. So that was the mindset, and just to let you know, Wes, he was as good as advertised in person Ooh. as he is on TV. Yeah, he's nice. Not that not that we speak into anything new over on our end, but yeah, he's it was nice. definitely it was definitely good to see that man. Splash plays, big time moments. Yeah, it's it's uh it sounds like you guys almost like a uh, like a scene that from was the cool, God. Man, just for me, you know, as an alumni. Yeah, being absolutely. Able to... <laughs> absolutely. No, without a doubt. But man, but no, it was good though, man. Like I said, as an alumni, man, being able to go back up there, tap into that fan base a little bit, man, it was really cool. The fam had a blast. And obviously, man, you know, I got kids up there, man. So sure. for them to be able to have that almost run down memory lane, so to speak, along with my littlest uh Gray finally getting a chance to see the bills live because yeah, he's yeah. like dad i've seen you still is live i want to see what you did in buff i want to see what that's like so for him to get that chance and for them to win man it was it was dope all around the uh across the board man so like i said definitely couldn't complain but no, uh, i love we that. do we do got to talk about what was happening in stadium though because obviously we saw the backup quarterback we'll focus on this dolphins and bills one first but uh yep. You know, seeing or actually we'll talk about both of these games, man, because both of these teams are, you know, top seeds in the AFC and, you know, teams that were viewed as juggernauts in terms of the uh, Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals and both of those teams facing backup quarterbacks, whether it was Skylar Thompson with the Dolphins or a uh, Tyler Huntley with the Baltimore Ravens. Both of those teams were able to essentially make it a one score game and very much had chances to win. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about Buffalo, they won by three. And there were moments in that fourth quarter where they were trailing. You talk about that uh, Bengals team. The Ravens were marching on the edge of scoring the game or the go-ahead touchdown and fumbled the the, the extension (laughs) over the end zone. And it just so happened it was the flukiest slash like awesome play. You know, Sam Harper is able to get the recovery and take it to the house on the other end to flip the game. And that ultimately be the game deciding score. But that was very uncharacteristic for both of those teams when, you know, in certain elements, I know the Bills were double-digit spreads, double-digit point spreads and stuff like that. So what were your thoughts watching those type of outcomes? And especially when you think on how the Pittsburgh Steelers have been playing down the stretch. Yeah, it was hard not to think about that, right? It was hard not to have that as kind of a backdrop in your mind, particularly because I think a lot of us, I mean, I'm pretty sure I said this on on the show uh, last week, it felt like the Bills would would win that one, you know, handedly. Not that yeah. maybe okay, maybe not. They're, they're not going to go out there and win by twenty or thirty points, something like that. But by the fourth quarter, the result would feel you know in hand for Buffalo. Maybe they end up winning by ten, by thirteen, by fourteen, something like that. Right? That was obviously not the case. I think when we all found out that Lamar wasn't going to play for the Ravens either, 
we thought that that could be a similar type situation. Hey, Baltimore, they can certainly do enough with their offense still. They certainly have enough talent on defense that it's not like it would be an embarrassment. But, you know, by the fourth quarter, the time rolls around, Cincinnati should be comfortably in the driver's seat and and be able to kind of shut that one down. That wasn't the case to either of those games. Uh, they both went down to the wire. They both came down to the last plays, the last possessions. And that's it, that's NFL football. I mean, right, Motsi? That's the playoffs. Yeah. And, you know, we, we had a couple lopsided scores, but for the most part, these games were close. And even like Seattle and, and, and San Francisco that got a little bit out of hand. The that fighting was, Genos. That's that's still a one score game in the third quarter, right? So so um and even even the Jags and the Chargers, which was twenty seven nothing at one point, you end up getting Sunshine. this epic he comeback as good as down in, baby. in Duval. I'm sure we'll talk about all that, but that's playoff football. It, it's the oldest cliche, honestly. It doesn't matter if it's the NFL, if it's baseball, if it's basketball, if it's hockey. You always hear coaches, fans say, we just want to get in. You, you just want to get into the dance, right, and give yourself a chance. I think particularly in football, too, right, because it's it's one game. It, it, it's one game. It's one afternoon where you have to be better than your opposition, and if you do that, you get to live to fight another day. You get to play on. You know, if you're a basketball team or a baseball team or a hockey team, you could sneak into the playoffs. You still got to win a five-game series or a seven-game series. That's a lot more, I think, of a difficult ask than, hey, just be better than this team for three, four hours one time on this given Saturday or Sunday. And we saw that play out. And so, again, like I said, I was, you know, coming into the weekend, I was pretty content with the Steelers finish the season nine and eight. They, they played seven and two after the bye week. A lot of optimism going forward, but I'm all right with them not, you know, going up to Buffalo this weekend because I don't think it would have been very pretty. Hey, who's not to say that it wouldn't have been the same situation that the the Steelers would have had a chance to go and, and steal that game, that it would have been a great learning experience in the process for Pickett and Pickens and Leal and, and, and Jalen Warren. And even honestly, the guys who were just there last year, but are still young, like Najee Harris and Pat Fryermuth and some of those guys. Um, yeah, I, I did a 180 mozi. I did from, from thinking, Hey, I'm I'm cool with the Steelers not playing this weekend. It's probably for the best. Go into this offseason with a bunch of momentum and optimism and keep this thing moving forward. And then, you know, <laughs> Saturday and Sunday, I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, the Steelers, I'll tell you what, they might have gotten some of these teams. <laughs> that is the beauty of football, man. And um, you hit on it. You know, you, you talk about the playoffs or in the words of Coach Tomlin, the single elimination tournament. The single elimination tournament. I mean, it does give you the feeling of what? What is also the biggest, most exciting single elimination tournament? March Madness. March Madness. Yep. Gives you the same vibe because, like you said, you don't have to be the better team for a three-game series, a five-game series, or a seven-game series. I just need you to be better for one game for three hours. And, well, in that Bills game, four and a half hours. That game yeah, that long was long as heck, bro. Holy smokes, one. man. I don't know if y'all noticed, man. That was the longest game I've ever been to in the NFL, man. Like, hands <laughs> down. I couldn't believe it, man. And, you know, we obviously got out there early. We was cutting up. But, man. It's a long day. Wes, Wes, it was one time we looked in that second quarter. The game started at 1. That clock said 3 o'clock. I said, hold on, bro. Hold on, bro. Hold on. What are we doing? <laughs> this is like this is like a USC playing Texas Tech in the college bro, football game. And both teams are throwing the ball 50 times. Listen, I was saying to myself, I was like, you know, we do a ton of post-game, pre-game content. Sure. I was like, do you know for every one o'clock game, my phone is set for 415 because that's when I go live 
and that's with the 10 minute buffer. Right, a that's to give you a couple minutes from the to game. calculate your yes. thoughts. Yeah, it was four fifteen. <laughs> that thing was just starting the fourth quarter. I say, yo, what are you? And if listen, when you and I, when you and I run I for say, president, yo, what are we doing, man? <laughs> when you and I run for president in twenty twenty four, right? That's when the next election is. I think mm-hmm. that's going to be one of the platforms that we run on. Is shortening right, NFL bro. games. I mean, it's it's a little college football too. These things now are three and a half, four, four and a half hour affairs. Wes, it Wes, it was sunny when I went in. It was dark <laughs> when I came out. I was like, yo, we've missed it the whole a four, day. It wasn't a four thirty game either. It was not like a four thirty game. Expect that to get dark in the second. I was half. like, man, what is going on? That's and you know yes. what? Let me let me ask you this too. And that's I think. It, it, there's rhyme to that reason because the yeah. Bills and the Dolphins are, are both offenses that like to operate through the air that have right, really right. talented playmakers. You know, it's it's not um, it's not the 49ers and, and the right, Ravens who want to run the ball, right? Yeah. Who, who want to run the ball? Let me ask you this: as it relates to your to your Buffalo Bills, one thing that I that I was thinking, and you know, we're gonna we're gonna see how this plays out. Obviously, starting here going forward, the divisional round this weekend. The one thing that gives me some concern about Buffalo is like they are all gas, no brakes. Mm-hmm. And I, I think sometimes you need like a cruise control in the in the playoffs in these big moments. That's the only thing that gives me pause. I forget who it was. I heard somebody say some radio host. Ah, who was it? I always do this where I forget. Like, I can't remember if it was Colin Cowherd or or maybe it was Scott Van Pelt, like one of those, yeah. one of those big time guys, uh, who said the the only thing that that worries me about the bills is they're like a heavyweight fighter who doesn't have much of a jab like they're mm. just tr- they're just trying to uppercut you and haymaker you and, and and just power through you and i wonder if if you know if that's i mean hey every team in the nfl has their kryptonite right yeah. but i wonder if the bills like they're going to play a lot of these tight one possession games down the stretch just because their heavy metal style like it's hard to kind of put a game on ice and, and bleed the clock down in, in that regard. No, I look at it like this. Um, is that an easy assessment for people? Sure. But I just think that they deal with the internal battle of, could we slow play you and get 15 mm-hmm. plays off? Absolutely. You look at the first interception he threw. It came off of two runs, nine yards and 13 yards. They got yeah, to midfield true. and in midfield, what are you supposed to do? Whenever you're at midfield or you're crossing midfield, everybody antenna goes up. Shot play. Take a shot. The difference thing to me that Josh and a lot of young quarterbacks struggle with this, um, just understanding when to be aggressive and when to throw the ball away. Hmm. A lot of Josh's turnovers are him just being aggressive. Now, part of that is by play call as well. And, the same thing that the Chiefs went through a year ago, first half of the season. Yeah. Everybody playing too high shell. And it makes you have to do what? Run the ball. It makes you have to throw the check down. It makes you have to just snap and snap and snap. It took the Chiefs a while to finally like tap in and really buy into that model. And now we've seen the success of it this year and how it's really clicking. Buffalo, they're kind of in the middle of that transition right now. This season, we saw where at times where it was like, man, they could light it up. Even in that game against the Dolphins, it's 17 to 3 yep, when they yep. throw that pick because they're getting ready true. to go up 24 to 3. That's true. 
but it's like yo you're being too aggressive and it's not needed right now that's the thing but they also have a new coordinator ken dorsey remember brian dable brian who was dable. the coordinator last year is in new yeah. york now just coach those guys him. to a playoff win right yeah. so ken dorsey he's just as talented but i think he's learning a little bit more of the nuance and the feel for when to dial up this aggressive play when to not doubt this aggressive play because i look at josh as a player no different than if he was a guy that was dealing with a concussion you have to protect him from himself you can't call a shot play for josh and expect him not to take the shot right. there's some there's some shades of yeah. Brett Favre there yeah, yeah. and yeah. that's that's what you love about josh but that's what you also absolutely. hate about josh absolutely but as the coach you got to understand that and I think that's one of the things for uh, Dorsey up there is their offensive coordinator. And that's the thing when we talk OCs, every offensive coordinator has something good about their game and has something not so good about their game. And every fan base will like you to believe that their negative is way more than their 100%, positive. 100%. You listen to the people in Buffalo, they hate the fact that Dorsey's so aggressive. Hmm. People in Pittsburgh would be swearing by that, though. And that's the concept. You know what I mean? People in Pittsburgh or people in Buffalo will be looking like, man, the, the bill, I mean, Seals, they're running the rock, man. We need to run the ball like that, man. Why we can't run the ball? We got single tape. We can do this. Yeah. And it's like, we over here, like, why we won't throw the ball 50, 60 times like that? Why won't we take shots downfield? Yeah. Absolutely. So that's the thing. Everybody has their balance. And I just think for the Bills, they have to continue to learn that. But the beauty is this we say you'd rather win ugly than lose pretty. 100%. So for Buffalo, when you talk about the postseason, style points go out the window opinions go out the window it's all about winning and advancing it doesn't matter if you win by 100 if you win by one when your team wins the super bowl have we ever went back and saw what was the spread in the wild card and how much did they win by do we ever go back and say man you remember that division where they barely got on in that last second field goal versus that first that six seed oh my god i can't believe that no we don't care about any of that we simply say what they won the Super Bowl. They got the confetti mm -hmm. on them. And mm -hmm. only one team can go. That's the reality of it. And it's not always the best team that wins the Super Bowl. Sometimes the team that just survives and gets lucky throughout this journey because it's a single elimination tournament, yes, baby. Yes, sir. And that's the beauty of it. That's what makes it so exciting, man. But, you know, I do feel like the Steelers, man, if they would have been in there, though, man, they would have. And this is also hindsight 2020. The games had to play out the way that they did also. And that's the context that we put our Steelers Good in. Call. We say, if this game played out exactly like this. But those are one-off scenarios, which is why everybody was as surprised as they were. So I don't get as enamored with that concept of, man, if we would have been out there, we would have won that game. Oh, we could have got that because every game is different. And sure, what are the sure. odds or the likelihood of that happening? And Styles make do, fights, right? Correct. And I do feel like the Steelers, man, at the time, the thing that I'm more excited about, not necessarily just looking at the outcomes of these games and saying, oh, man, we could have won hindsight 2020. I just say to myself, the way that we were playing down the stretch. Mm -hmm. After the bye week, every game felt like a playoff game. Especially, you know, when we got down to that, after that Ravens game, it was like, no, we realistically cannot lose another game. And we went there and won four in a row mm -hmm. and against the quality of those opponents as well. That's the part what I wouldn't have seen at the playoffs. Because yeah. when you talk playoff football, execution is key. Performance under pressure is key. 
we always say that the last two to four minutes of a regular season game is kind of like the intensity that you feel for four quarters in a playoff game. And it just continues to intensify the further you advance, you know? So with those things, it's like, I see that. And I'm just like, man, the way that we were executing down the stretch, it would have just made it really interesting to see could another team out execute us in that vein, because we hadn't really been seeing that. And I know, for the pessimistic people, they're going to say, yeah, absolutely, man. That would have definitely worked out in our favor for the, or excuse me, for the optimistic people, they would have said it would have worked out in our favor for the pessimistic, pessimistic people. They would have said, no, nah, man, it wouldn't have been like that. We, would, we still would have lost. We still would have worked. Right. It still would have worked right. out good. Right. But it's like, nah, man, like we were executed. Mm-hmm. We were showing some stuff. I know you're going to have the other people that are going to say, well, the quality of opponents matter. Well, we played that Ravens team as well in this situation. We played a Raiders team that was also very much in playoff contention. We played a Browns team that was heating up down the stretch. So it's like, if you want to minimize it, you could take the low-hanging fruit, but the context is ultimately what matters. And the context did show that I think the Steelers would have made it a little bit competitive and would have sure, potentially sure. had a chance to create an upset or fare extremely well in one of these uh, matchups, man. But that's the unfortunate part, but that is ultimately why when we talk about that winning coach, when we talk about that mindset of we always are trying to win, we are always trying to get into the postseason. Yeah, good call. No matter what, this is why. Only you don't have that mentality. Only media and fans lose a game before it's ever played. In the sense of, oh, my God, we got this team over here, the Big Bad Wolf. Oh, Lord, what are we going to do? We can't show up now, man. We lost now. Oh, my God, the spread says this. Like, these are all things that fans and media focus on. These are all things that fan and media bring to the attention, right, that gets talked about. For players, they never care about who they're matching up against. It's like, bro, just line them up. Let's get it after it. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that, like I said, we just got to continue to remember that even next year and going forward. Don't lose sight or don't you know, allow your fear to make you not want to be great. Don't allow your fear or failure to make you not want to chase after something special because that's what it did feel like at times this year that people were scared to fail in the postseason. So they were like, I'd rather not go Hmm. than to lose. That's a good call. Like what, what sense does that make? Right. I would, (laughs) I would rather, I would rather tank and get a top five pick than try and get this thing turned around. Yeah, no, it's a good call. You know, so in that vein, man, just going forward, man, I definitely hope that this team can get back in because we don't want to experience a lot more of these offseason where we're sitting on the outside looking and saying what could have happened or should have happened. But that is the mindset. That is the mentality regardless year round. That's how it has to be, man. No, I, I think you're absolutely right. And so that when you find yourselves in those situations, hopefully this time next year, you're ready to go. Um, and that, that will be, uh, I think, hmm, certainly something, you know, that's that's that that's felt like one of the hallmarks of of Mike Tomlin's teams for the majority of his career. Like there's mm-hmm. been exceptions, obviously. And when you've been with one organization as the head coach for 16 years, you're going to have outlier seasons. But for the most part, if you look at Mike Tomlin's teams and, you know, his his nice sample size of time with the Pittsburgh Steelers, they play better down the stretch. Mm-hmm. You know, th- again, there's been there's been a few years where there's been exceptions to that. But for the majority, if you break down his seasons into like quarters, which was easy to do until two years ago when they added the extra game, his best winning percentage is at the end of the season. And I'm with you. I think that's important. I think that's a culture thing. 
And I'm hoping that, you know, when this team is back in the playoffs here again soon, hopefully about 300 and what, 40 some days from now, 350 some days from now, um, that, that that's going to that that's going to pay dividends in the long run. And, and for this, you know, this young group here in this next chapter of Steelers football. No, nah, without a doubt, man, without a doubt. But um, I did like that convo. But unfortunately, we do have to take a break because I don't get fined whether nope. it's virtual or in person. So we're going to go ahead and take a break when we come back. We got to talk a little bit about the Steelers coaching staff and some potential changes that are on the way. You already know who it is. Arthur Most Wesley Euler. And this is Steelers Nation Radio. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. 